be with the coach. Tomorrow. Welcome to the latest episode of Transmissions from the Ninth World, any nominated podcast specific about Numenera, uh, the new RPG by Monty Cook Games. Uh, and uh, if you've just joining us, welcome. Uh, but those who've been around, thanks. Welcome back. Um, we are going to get quickly into this. Oh, uh, myself, I'm David Brown. Uh, with me, as always, is Eric Coates. Howdy. And Jim Ryan. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. I got so excited about throwing in any non any nominated that I got a little off track there. <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to go right into Numenera in the news. We got a busy show ahead of us. Um, uh, one of the big things we need to talk about is uh, Gen Con. We had a very successful Gen Con. Uh, Numenera launched, and uh, at the launch, uh, one of the most uh, significant things to happen with the the uh, the game, apart from launching the book uh, at Gen Con. Uh, we also had the addition of Mr. Bruce Cordell, who is actually with us on the line. Say hello. Hello. Hello there. I'm happy to have you guys uh, have me along. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you and thrilled Absolutely. to have you part of the Monty Cook Games team uh, as ardent fans and supporters. Uh, it's a, a, a really good thing for the, the company uh, to continue to grow and add such talent. But we'll get into that. Um, uh, a, a large part of this show is going to be interview of, of Bruce. But right now uh, in the news, we're still talking about Gen Con, uh, which, of course, Bruce was there. I uh, got to meet him at the booth. Uh, great guy. Um, and David was uh, also very nice. Nice to meet him. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it was a blast, guys. Um, you absolutely have to go with me next year. Um, I'm definitely going back. Uh, the Monty Cook crew is one of the greatest group of people I've met in a very, very long time um, and introduced me to, to lots of people in the industry that were super nice. It's a, it's a very nice industry to, um, to kind of be uh, around and, and you know, kind of be part of. Uh, and I was very, very uh, – I guess you could almost say blessed to be part of that team. So um, thank you guys for having me. Bruce and, and uh, of course, Monty, Shauna, and Charles as well. Uh, but uh, it, was a, it was an amazing time. David did a fantastic job. Uh, I mean, he, all the volunteering and all the work he did in the uh, booth and the games he ran. I mean, it was just the entire Numenera effort there would have been uh, just so much less spiffy if David hadn't been there. Him, David and, and the other, other two guys. Um, uh, Chris and Tom. Chris and Tom, sorry, thank you. No, that's fine. That's fine. That was a fantastic uh, effort. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it was it was a great time, and uh, it was awesome seeing. For, first off, it was my first Gen Con, and to be in such a position, uh, supporting such a, a well known uh, group in a new property, it was it was kind of the best of all worlds. It was people excited coming to see us, but you know, some people kind of unaware and and thrilled by it and I had the opportunity to give a work a uh, what they call it my pitch 
uh, which uh, I got better at, but then I ended up losing my voice. So um, it kind of peaked. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, um, and of course, with Gen Con, the book actually was released. Um, books have been shipping. Uh, there had been some delays with the uh, the, the Kickstarter folks, um, but I think everything's back on track now, and uh, I think most people should be getting them very shortly uh, who hadn't already gotten them. But uh, the book is out in the wild now, um, and uh, the cool thing is the fans have been really understanding about some of the the, the confusion with the shipping, but uh, everything's getting back on track, and everybody knows that the folks at uh, Monty Cook Games certainly weren't uh, – uh, it was it was not the best ideal for them, and they certainly regretted it happening. Yeah, that's true. Yep, but sometimes when there's a lot of moving parts, uh, there are things that are outside your control, even though you think they're in your control. But uh, you can't mind. Yes. So, but uh, we're glad that the communication was restored with uh, our our uh, fulfillment house, and they seem to be sending the books out uh, on a, at a very nice clip. Good. If not, they might actually all be sent out now. Actually, within the uh, United States, but yeah, uh, I think they said all the domestic stuff had been been sent out. So. Yeah, I've seen lots of uh, uh, pictures on social media of people holding up their Numenera books very happily, and so I, I can tell, I can definitely tell you in terms of just folks that I know that it's been going rather swimmingly. Awesome, good, um, and of course, uh, we had the fortune of being any nominated this year, so we I got to attend the Ennies in our stead. Uh, 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 tabletop. What's David, that? this 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 uh, podcast was Emmy nom- nominated. Any nominated. Any yes. any. Nominated. <laughs> yes, I know that's been going back and forth. I slipped. Uh, uh, Shauna slipped in an email recently. I was like, "Thanks for the upgrade," but no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lots of exposure uh, being yes. Emmys. <laughs> Emmys. Emmys. I may accidentally but, have to uh, slip as well on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're not that far away, you know. We just put it. Uh, we we start doing a vidcast, and then uh, you know Netflix gets Emmy nominated. Nom- these days so yeah, just, sure. just short hop away sure. so um we did uh, uh the winners of our category worked uh tabletop who did a, a fantastic job uh of course exposing the the industry uh, to a broader audience and then uh, uh haste the obsidian um portal uh, podcast which i've heard great things about i've not had a chance to listen to myself uh but uh heard great things about. So uh, it was uh, amazing to be in the category of those uh, others, uh, Indie Talks and Atomic Array as well. So um, for first year out, it was pretty awesome. So uh, I want to thank everybody who supported us, and uh, it was really cool to to be part of that. Even Um, after the fact, I'm still bowled over by the whole thing. (laughs) It was so funny, uh, Bruce. We couldn't reach Jim for a a day or two, and I think – how did you find out? I don't even remember how you found out. Well, no, I I I think I saw an email from you okay, or okay. at some point. I just I was uh, I was very busy at the time. I couldn't really respond to much of anything. Yeah, and I was just like, what? What really? Yeah. <laughs> was, Actually, was, I think I also saw it at the same time on Twitter. Someone and I just sort of linked to it. And I was like, yeah, holy like, crap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. awesome. Pretty oh, yes. pretty awesome for us. Quite an honor. So. Um, and then the only bit, other bit, of, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to skip over it. Uh, Bruce, is there anything else at Gen Con that I, oh, I didn't mention the fan hangout. We had the fan hangout, um, which had some bumps, but we recovered. Um, uh, was news to me that there was a, a biking event in uh, Indianapolis <laughs> at the same time at Gen Con. And uh, the place I booked us in wasn't really what it advertised on the web to be. And 
would have been fine, I think, under normal circumstances. But then you add the bikers into the mix. Um, it was um, it was dicey. Um, Shauna played the role of bodyguard or a bouncer at one point. Um, we we moved out of there quickly, uh, and then we recovered uh, at the uh, lobby of the Omni Hotel across the street. And uh, Bruce joined us at that point. I think after you had ventured into there at some point. Yeah, I, I showed up. I was at another event, so I showed up about 30 minutes late, and uh, uh, it was this wild, chaotic uh, situation. Yes. And uh, there are three other guys in there going, are you Bruce Cordell? Is, is this the event? I'm like, well, as far as I know. But uh, luckily, we were able to uh, finally get a hold of someone and discover you guys had left. So I was able to bring the, the three stragglers along with myself over to the actual or the relocated sure. fan event over at the Omni Hotel. And that was, uh, that was turned out to be very nice. Yeah, it was a great event. And, and there were a lot of other industry folks around. So yeah. it really grew our party and, and uh, it was pretty cool. I actually got to meet Keith Baker, who had... Uh, I've told a lot of people that uh, Eberron is what got me back into the hobby. So um, it was pretty cool cool to meet Very him. Cool. But uh, it, it was uh, – we'll plan better next year. I, I would like to do another one next year. Um, so next year you're not planning a quick divergence into a Sons of Anarchy LARP? <laughs> yeah, I mean literally it really wasn't that far from that. Uh, are you, are you still having flashbacks of, of chaps and stuff like that chasing <laughs> you down the street? <laughs> It was one of those situations where you see all these bikes lined up and you're like, please don't, please don't knock one yeah. over. Please don't knock, please <laughs> I don't, don't want to be in that movie. I don't yeah, want right. to be in that movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, it was good. Everybody had good, good spirits about it. I think a few, uh, one or two people missed it. And I, I was actually terrible about reminding my pitch was so big about pushing Numenera in the booth. I actually forgot to tell people, even people that were at my table that we were having it. So, um, uh, yeah. Oh, so, good point. Yeah. Well, that's something to, you know, something to learn every time we do a convention, you know, we, Absolutely. we always are learning things ourselves. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, and the games, the Numenera official games were great. I was lucky enough that my, um, group got, uh, uh, scored high because I was very not subjective and, um, they, uh, <laughs> got to play the second part with Monty, which was amazing for them. I, I, was helping man the booth with Bruce while this was going on. So I think I, uh, I got to see like 10 minutes of it when I had, had to run them a, a copy of the core book. But uh, uh, other than that, I, I missed out. So I uh, was, was told that there might be an opportunity in the future to actually get to watch Bonnie play. Actually, I think I'm going to get to see him uh, next month. He's coming to Asheville uh, to a store called the Waverns Tavern, which uh, a table, which I've been to, which is a fantastic store up there. And uh, he's playing up. The, he's uh, leading a game up there next month as part of his, uh, I think, Kickstarter uh, 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 pledge pledge yeah. points for retailers. So, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. Very, um, very much. Do you have anything else to add about the Gen Con? I know. I mean, it was exciting as all the the launch was great. I, I'm kind of glancing over that because most people have been exposed to it. The video is online. Um, don't shoot the the cameraman, but. Um, uh, it went uh, it went very well and and had a lot of cool sneak peeks at uh, artwork from uh, the new bestiary coming out, which we'll talk with Bruce about and a bunch of other things. Is, is there anything else you want to add, Bruce? Uh, no, the only thing I guess to add a little back behind the scenes, I also had given my team a subjectively high uh, score, and that was actually one point less than you had given your team. And so when Monty and I were scoring them, Monty said, "Well." Looks like David's group's going to go through unless you want to make a case for your group. I'm like, mm, I, let's let's. David gave him twenty plus plus, yeah. so uh, I, I think that 
that that put it over the top. Yeah, and and what was cool was both Chris and and Tom had run two tables apiece because they did Thursday and Friday, and they sat in on the money thing, and they were both like within ten minutes said, "Oh yeah, this group this group belonged to be here. They they were great." Yeah, because uh, only two of the five had been friends beforehand, and they all gelled like immediately played off each other so well. It was a, it was a great experience for me. Best best role playing game experience I've ever had personally. Wow. No offense to the guys that are on here with us that I oh. play <laughs> weekly games for four years with, but no, seriously. All my high school friends, they can just go <laughs> jump off the cliff. <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't mean it that way. Oops. <laughs> but no, it was a good experience and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, well, then the only bit of other news we've got is that the uh, there is a new podcast uh, in support of Numenera called The Signal. Uh, it is an in-setting content podcast. The concept is they're going to be short blurbs that a GM could use to uh, play during a session to give spice to what's going on. I don't uh, remember the exact specifics. I guess it's the idea is that the data sphere is somehow – putting out bits of things that may make sense, may not make sense. Uh, Eric, you heard it. You, you, you got to listen to it. What, what was your impression of that? Oh, it was really well done. I enjoyed listening to it. it um, it's essentially could be integrated into any game where you kind of like, uh, it's him uh, giving a signal about something that's happening in an area. And, you know, it can really provoke uh, your players into like a whole adventure. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, well, that sounds I, I awesome. It. I hope to hear that sometime. Yeah, soon. It, was, it was very nice. Very well done. I applaud them. Bruce, have you heard it yet? Certainly, yep. And uh, I agree. Uh, it's uh, it's a nice little in in character piece. I think there's a the uh, the signal originator is uh, in character someone named Vox. Yeah. I don't know if uh, that is a manifestation of the data sphere or an actual person. I don't know if that's revealed, but uh, it certainly comes across like a. A pirate radio signal, you know, trying to trying to break in on uh, on something else happening. But mm-hmm. that's just my own impression. I don't know the background. Very cool. And if anyone's interested in, in following up on this, we've started a section on the forums on Ninth World Hub, um, uh, specific for the signal, so that when new uh, episodes are posted, they it will be notified there. Um, we're also helping them set up a uh, RSS uh, or sorry a podcast feed. So that way we can also have it just like we have on ours um, put up. Uh, and the direct uh, URL for it is numenerathesignal.blogspot.ca. So that will be up um, – or that's up now. So um, – and as I said, it's, uh, you can find it on the hub if, you, if you're uh, looking anywhere else. Uh, by the way, the hub is now over 730 members. Yay! Uh, which is – Pretty awesome. Uh, we started in January, so um, definitely have grown in leaps and bounds, especially since the book has been uh, released. I think we've done uh, somewhere around 200, uh, 200 people in like three weeks. Um, so uh, please come join us. It's uh, We're building a great community there. Lots of nice stuff there too. Uh, lots, of, lots of fan uh, submitted <laughs> stuff. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I mean there's character sheets. There's uh, uh, new like oddities and stuff like that. It's uh, – if you if you're not on there, then you really should be because you're going to get a lot out of it. Absolutely, totally. So um, that's our news. Um, uh, obviously, the big part of the news was was Bruce Cordell's uh, signing. So let's get in and talk about this. Um, 
Bruce, you uh, they they talked about in the launch how you and Monty met in um, shop class when you were like fourteen. Uh, probably around then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shop class. It was a uh, it was a uh, must have been the end of eighth grade. Might have yeah yeah. Now I I don't know exactly either the end of eighth grade or sure. or beginning of ninth grade. Right around there. Very cool. Um, so. You guys have been friends for years. Um, uh, I, I saw somewhere that you actually played the original Tomb of Horrors adventure together when you were back in high school. That's right. Monty uh, DM'd it, in fact. And uh, we had a, quite a big group of folks with us, um, out, even larger than our regular group. And uh, we all went through the Great Green Devil Face. Uh, yes. <laughs> One after the other. <laughs> so nice. we, had to, we had to reset. Yes. Brutal. <laughs> Classic. Not now. Were you coaxed into it? That's a- <laughs> yeah. No, no. It was one of those things where uh, you have the person who's investigating. And they say, "I put my staff into the darkness." Okay, it's dark. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just throw my staff in. Okay, it, it disappears. Well, then I go in. Okay. What does everyone else do? Oh, we follow him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The blind following the blind. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Oh, uh, that's Smart great. The person would have pulled their staff out again, as opposed to just throwing the whole thing in but you know yeah. so it goes. <laughs> yeah. the um uh, the guys who got to watch monty um give give the second part of the newman era thing said uh in fact that it was like watching a, a mastering class in gm to watch him uh, uh lead the the party um was he that good back then yeah he's always been a great dm that's uh one of the great things about uh hanging out with uh you know good dms um yes. Monty DM uh, probably 85% of the time, and uh, me and uh, this other guy, J.D. Peterson, uh, kind of swapped out probably the other 25. Well, okay. So they call it 75%, so it all adds up to 100% here. Sure, Although sure, it is sure. Numenera, maybe it's, you know, none. Yeah. <laughs> Math could be <laughs> a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Very so. cool. Um, is there any aspect to that introduction story that hadn't been really shared before? or um, did I'm, we, sure that, I'm sure that that versions of that have been out in the world before i mean it's it's a fun funny story to say you know yeah. on my end i used to say yeah i was in shop class and this kid came up to me and said do you play D <laughs> just based solely on the fact that i had a crust uh, sword and axe yeah i sure do <laughs> yeah and uh you know then there's this other kid in the class like i said jd peterson and mm-hmm. we uh all started uh you know, and stopped paying attention completely to shop class. <laughs> Just sat in the back and, you know, made up little games and, you know, it was uh, it was fun. And then we went on to all join debate and obviously play D&D, but um, it was, uh, it was a, a great friendship that kind of grew into a group of like five, six people all together, including myself. Absolutely. And, and uh, Monty is uh... – given him credit for introducing him to Gene Wolfe and some of these other things uh, uh, as an inspiration for Numenera. So mm-hmm. um, very cool. Um, what else? So what was Monty like at that age? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, he was my friend. Yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. a, a good guy. Yeah. Interested in the same things I was interested in science fiction, role playing, very cool. uh, fantasy. What what class did you favor back then? If he jammed in the last, what did, what class did you favor? Oh, as a player, uh-huh. uh huh. Wizard, wizard. Very cool. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, give me a, a wand of lightning, and I was good to go. Wand of lightning <laughs> and four hit points. Yes. <laughs> Stand it back. Ah, <laughs> nice. uh, glass cannons. So, uh, 
and I, a lot of my biographical information that I've gathered from you is from different sources, but uh, correct me if I have anything wrong. But um, says that uh, you, you earned a degree in biology. Um, That's correct. And that you once worked in the biopharmaceutical industry where you learned to synthesize DNA. It's true. So, yeah, so I, when I went to college, I went on work, work study and I was lucky enough to get a job working in a, in a genetics lab. And my, my original uh, um, degree was in molecular biology. And so I actually ended up going to college, you know, for six years because I changed my major slightly to more of an environmental biology halfway through. But mm-hmm. I had walk coming out of college with six years of working in a genetics lab as a lab technician you pretty much allowed me to walk right into work, you know, working in a, a startup in biotech where I learned how to basically you know, do a lot of different think techniques. But my main position was involved in setting up these runs of these um, uh, machines which basically assembled RNA, DNA, you know, one, one uh, nucleotide at a time. Wow. You know, essentially the same things that you know, they showed you in a Jurassic Park. Sure. Uh, those machines going, I was like, I use those machines. But <laughs> they, were, they were suggesting you could create, you know, uh, nucleot- uh, nucleotide strands that were, you know, millions long. And really, I was lucky at, that t- at the time. Technology has advanced since then. But at mm. the time, you could get a strand probably 100, 100 long um, before it really started to degrade. But, uh, you know, using all those computers... Uh, also allowed me to learn how to code mushes and muds, which is what led me to get my job at TSR. Very cool. I, mm. I uh, did some mushes and muds myself back yep. in the day. I did too. <laughs> what what mushes? Anyone on uh, Elendor or uh, the Amber Mud Mush? Those I was on shoes. Amber Mush very briefly. I didn't get a chance to really do a lot with it, but uh, I, I wanted desperately to do more, but time, sadly, was not with yeah. me. I was on a Star Wars mush and uh-huh. a, a very barely uh, uh, attended Legion of Superhero mush. God, I'm a geek. And then um, also a, a Dragonlance mush. Very cool. So I'm a, I'm a geek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just like told my That's, dirtiest secret ever. What? That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I wish those were still around and active. You uh, know? I, I, somewhere I think some of them are. Ellen, yeah, my, the Elendor one, the, the Lord of the Rings one is still active actually. I, I usually log on like once a year and walk around going, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> nice. Um, so I think if I can just ask, though, uh, it, uh, it, are any part of your duties now at Monty Cook Games uh, involving the creation of dinosaurs? <laughs> creation if, of dinosaurs. Oh, I see what you're saying. Through uh, and, and through, not, through the through the uh, yes. synthesi- synthesizing DNA using the, not, the Jurassic not, Park uh, machines. No more. Uh, only in the sense that uh, filtered through the uh, the page, <laughs> the written. Yeah, is, word. It, is it okay if I choose to believe that part of your duties involve making dinosaurs? <laughs> well, there, I can't tell you anything, everything. So uh, yes, you can choose to believe that. Awesome. <laughs> there is actual DNA in those pages. Um, so I, no, I mean that actually leads into a great question. Um, do you think your studies and experience as a biologist add to your ability to create interesting uh, creatures for bestiaries? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I said this someplace else, but you know, the more, the more experience you have in your, uh, to draw upon, uh, the more you can synthesize those ideas into completely new ideas. So, I mean, any sort of experience you have, uh, the more you put in your brain, the more you can create. Mm -hmm. So that's just one particular flavor. I mean, um, but it, it certainly has influenced me quite a bit in, uh, the kinds of, uh, 
things I like to do and create. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I obviously have written fantasy for years, decades, two sure. decades. But uh, I always always have a really soft spot in my heart for science fiction and uh, certainly biology, molecular biology, and, and all that have, as you probably can imagine, helped me in some ways to go at least serve as inspiration for ideas uh, for for monsters like the like the on my blog post recently I talked about this monster with the working name Nalurus, which essentially you know it, you look at this monster shows you its face and you know your brain melts but <laughs> i um my concept for that came from uh the uh, the CJD, the the disease, which once you get a prion in your brain that's misfolded, it starts other prions misfolding, and it does melt your brain. Although it takes months, not mm. you know rounds. Yeah, right. So you know, yes. So there you go, right there, an example of uh, my biological background and you know knowledge of that sort of thing. Very not cool. that you could have found very, out about that not very, being a biologist. Awesome. But... Yeah, no, that's a good connection. Yes, and you said you, so. You said you um started at TSR because of mushes and muds. Um, but you, you, you worked as a, a freelance game designer while, while working as a scientist. Is that correct? That's true. I had a couple, uh, credits, uh, in at iron crown enterprises because my nice. friend Monty cook <laughs> I was an editor there and he kept saying, you know, you should write something. No, 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 you should write something. No, I don't think so. You know, I, I bet you would get published if you were to write something. <laughs> I was like, okay, so, <laughs> I did a my actual very first. Uh, now that I think about it, my very first uh, contribution was to a book, which was a science fiction book. Um, I wrote about um, these space adapted life forms that existed out in you know zero gravity and you know zero pressure on an asteroid uh, in an asteroid belt. So, and a couple other things related to that. Space Master was called Space Master Companion Two was the name of the source book, and I I wrote a couple sections in it. Cool. I'll have to look that up. That's pretty cool. I love I love the old school sci fi stuff. I'm I'm wishing they get like an OSR thing going for uh, Star Frontiers and some of those other. Ooh yeah yeah. Did I you saw, play Star Frontiers? I have my box set still of Star Frontiers. <laughs> I love uh, that game. I was I was always tangential to it. I always saw the ads because of all the D and D stuff I was getting, but I never actually bought it, and I always regretted it. I did have kind of a. a mid-generation gamma world um the one with the cyborg on the kind of tiger beast thing mm -hmm. i had that box set but cool played, very but, cool yeah you have the most recent gamma world box set right of course we're, we got that on the schedule <laughs> oh, yeah. to talk about yeah. we absolutely do um so uh we'll get there we'll get there i i'd like to go chronological it helps my brain work um <laughs> So it's um, the only way. Trust me. Yes, <laughs> I have to be in. Okay, so um, you obviously have a, a huge uh, list of projects behind you. Um, uh, see, Devil's Adventure trilogy, the Illithiad, uh, Shattered Circle, uh, Dungeon Builder's Guidebook, um, some really uh, classic titles, uh, adventure-wise. Die Vecna Die. Um, which is an interesting title for sure, um, and you did some you did some of the the return to the Tomb of Horrors and return to White Plume Mountain. How were those intimidating to work on to kind of revisit the classic modules? Um, so return to the Tomb of Horrors was definitely intimidating. I uh, I I had actually only been working at, at TSR. So I was a, it was just a real fluke, honestly, that I was assigned to write that because I was assigned to write that. 
before anyone had ever seen my very first adventure for the for the company, which was uh, Gates of Firestorm Peak. So uh, something as important as that they they gave to me, who at the time, you know, 1996, I suppose, um, you know, who knew, you know, <laughs> actually it's probably the end of 1995. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm glad they did. But I was, yes, I was very intimidated, but which meant I really just poured myself into it. And um, I, you know, worked, you know, constantly, not constantly, but, you know, anytime I would be sitting around and I'd have an idea, I would, you know, fill out those ideas. And and it all worked out really well. I mean, in, in the end, you know, I had this, a lot of support from a lot of different people in the art side of things and where I was able to pull, because it was a box set, I could put a lot of components in. And I don't know if you are familiar with it, but there were certainly lots of little aspects to the adventure. There was a DM screen. There was a amulet you had to put together in order to what one was a um, a cryptographic cipher that you, if you got these two pieces of the amulet, you could like figure out and kind of move you on your way through the uh, through the adventure. And and this is Gates of the Firestorm Peak that that, that introduced the Far Realm to D and D. I did. That's true. That's Very true. cool. Um, so I, I don't want to skip over this is, you know, going from being a freelance, you know, guy who, you know, contributed to Iron Crown, um, and to, to, I guess, TSR before starting there full time. No, actually they, they hired me at TSR, um, to write a mud or mush for them. Okay. Uh, that wasn't, it wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to go and print at all. It was based on my experience, um, only as a, as someone who had some freelance credit writing, um, a game product, but mm-hmm. also based on my experience writing Mud and Mush code. But when I got there, the president at the time, Lorraine Williams, I don't know if she didn't know what we were doing or what they were hiring for, but I don't know. She decided she didn't like the internet. I'm not certain exactly what happened to this day, <laughs> but she said, no, we will not be doing that. Right, right. And I was like, I just quit my my biotech job to take the worst paying job and come here. Uh, what's going on? And they said, well, we can put you into print. I said, well, okay, that doesn't sound terrible. So I started, that's when I got uh, uh, scheduled to write um, Gates of Firestorm Peak. Very cool. And, and that, uh, that must've been a risk for you leaving work, as you said, going to a lesser paid job. It was a big risk, right? Yeah. I mean, I had been, I had taken college for, you know, turned out to be six years to get trained. And then I had three year career after that, starting out, you know, just, just getting going. And then to actually say, yeah, I'm going to throw all that away. Uh, you put it, at least, you know, put it to the side and, you know, go write, make up, you know, fantasy stuff. <laughs> But I thought I was going to do code, right? So mm-hmm. it didn't seem too crazy. Too risky. Sure. But it's one of those things where you say, you know, if I say no to this, I'm going to wonder for the rest of my life if I didn't make the biggest mistake of my life. I have to, I have to look into it. Mm-hmm. There's no really other. There was no real choice when you got down to it. I, I, I've heard uh, a, a lot of the uh, industry guys who've been around at your peak, who really got lucky by connections and 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 I'm not I'm not downplaying your talent i'm just saying that it was a much smaller industry so uh getting in i, I think was different than it is today uh, it was but, harder i guess but yeah. i i think it's 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 interesting to hear um uh how, how you know how you guys you know you colin monty uh, you know even charles how y'all got involved it, it's a uh, very interesting to to get to know more and more about you guys and how, how you started out and, and, you know, the history of the games that meant so much to us. So, um, through that, but, um, anyway, so I, I went off on a tangent there. I apologize. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm bound to do that. 
Come back to us, David. Come yes, back. yes. Um, and and you've you're obviously award winning. Uh, you won an Origins Award for that Return of the Tomb of Horrors. Um, you won an Emmy for Mindscapes. Um, uh, if thoughts could kill, is that is it Mindscapes? If thoughts could kill, or is that the same? Um, so if thoughts could kill was the standalone adventure, and Mindscapes I think incorporated the um, that in, into also a lot of different type uh, supporting game material, which okay. included the adventure. You're you're known um, for your work in psionics a lot. Um, I, I was I was not aware of that until the the, the booth and, and and we were talking and others were asking questions about that. So uh, was that something important to you? Or is that uh, it? Certainly became important to mm-hmm. me. I uh, like you said. I wrote the Lithiad, um, and when I was writing the Lithiad, that was during the days of second edition D anD D and. I found that the the sonic rules of the time were were very confusing and didn't necessarily accomplish I, I thought at the time what they wanted to accomplish. So in the in the Lithiad, I had some alternate rules uh, that simplified the sonic rules, and I threw them in there. And they said, "Hey, Bruce, looks like you like sonics, so we think <laughs> you should write the sonics uh, handbook for third edition." And I was like, "Okay." Uh, sounds good to me, and yes, but then once I got into it, I loved it, and then the Sonics Handbook, and then the Expanded Sonics Handbook, which is, I think, what the, what most people are talking about, because mm-hmm. it, it took the Sonics Handbook and, and expanded it in a way that everyone seemed to really like, so, yeah, and it'd be so obviously, you know, it, it's something I, I put a lot of time and effort into, um, and I, in some, some ways, I've become known for that. Other people know me for the Far Realm, and mm-hmm. say, I'm the tentacle guy, but yeah, yeah a lot of people... Uh, associate me with with Sanix. Well, I mean, that, the far realm. I mean, talk about you. Obviously, have been known for your kind of Lovecraftian themes uh, and creatures. What what was your earliest Lovecraftian influence, uh, and why do you think it's resonated in your career? Uh, probably reading Lovecraft in in junior high and high school. Um, there were a series of books that came out that um, were like you know recovers, and um, I think they had Michael Wellen you know, really awfully scary pictures on the on the front and just reading those and, you know, reading other ghost stories and stuff, just, uh, you know, always kind of was like, oh, yikes. Uh, so, yeah, it's just was something in the background. And when I was doing the Gates of Firestorm Peak, I was like, gates, 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 like, well, dimensional gates. Well, where would dimensional gates go? What could be the craziest place a dimensional gate could go? It could go outside of time, you know, outside of this cosmos. So where does that lead? Well, that probably leads to a realm of insanity. So, you know, it just kind of all came together. Um, so, Very cool. Um, at the launch, uh, Monty mentioned, uh, the Numenera launch, um, mentioned that you guys are going to be working on a Lovecraftian uh, for Numenera glimmer. Is that something you're going to work on with him, or is that something he's already off on his own, or – I do, I don't know actually at this point. Um, okay. We uh, things have been uh, we've been our schedule's been pretty full at the moment. Um, we're uh, it's probably something we're going to talk about next week. We're actually having a uh, MCG summit next week where we're going to have Tammy and and Charles uh, come out here and we're going to spend several days just just you know getting a lot of things organized and talking face to face because they actually live uh, Tammy and Charles uh, live in. Um, in uh, Kansas. Kansas City, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, when we, we had we, Charles on, Eric's from Kansas City, so they had a, a moment. Ah, so. <laughs> oh, nice, yeah. very cool. Uh, I mean, it wasn't gushy or anything. It just it was what it was. But um, 
<laughs> Don't cheapen it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't ruin my moment, man. <laughs> um, speaking of Lovecraftian horrors, actually, I was wondering if there's uh, uh, anything in particular about uh, about writing sort of in that uh, oeuvre that uh, kind of lends itself to adventures and game products and stuff like that. A lot of adventures uh, come down to, you know, <laughs> messing with things of, of you know, mystery right i mean you go to on, on an adventure in a fantasy because it's mysterious and you want to know and you're excited by the idea of things that you can't quite understand uh, but want to understand and and lovecraftian uh things are usually just completely that you know a human mind really can't simply can't understand it um and as much as you adventure and, and try and find you know understanding and resolution maybe there's some things you can't discover. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, are there any other uh, adventures or, you know, contributions in the, in the gaming that you uh, are especially proud of and you think speaks well to kind of who Bruce is as a, as a developer? Um, well, I, I was pretty happy with my, um, my three adventures in the adventure path uh, for when third edition launched, which uh, started off with, um, uh, God, what was it called? <laughs> was it the Sunless, Sunless Citadel? A Sunless Citadel. And, uh, then the heart of night Fang Spire came in the middle and then Bastion of Broken Souls finished it up. And, uh, it was a thread that, you know, all the, all the adventures kind of carried, uh, but I wrote the first, middle, and last one, and uh, was able to, you know, kind of really pull those threads into tight and wrap it up very nicely with a Shardalon, introducing a Shard- the concept of a Shardalon in the first adventure, and showing a Shardalon's most fervent cultist in the middle one, Heart of Night Hang Spire, and then discovered that Shardalon is still around, and the final one, and he, the reason he's still alive, even though you met his undead heart in the Heart of Night Fang Spire. Well, it's because he gave himself a heart transplant, and it's a uh, a demon, a Balar demon, is his heart. <laughs> nice. Uh, I just want to personally thank you for making the uh, even just the Sunless Citadel as uh, as sort of uh, nightmarish as it was, because uh, for for when I played through that one, I was playing a druid. <laughs> and, and, yeah. nice. and I had a nice little conversation with the bad guy. <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting thing that happened there. <laughs> Let's see, sacrifice everything that you know to make things more efficient, or actually fight evil. Like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it was really good. Very cool. Um, so beyond that you've you've obviously had the opportunity to uh write novels uh you've written the oath of Nerul. um am i pronouncing that right yep that's right uh lady of poison dark vision star deep uh abolethic sovereignty chill i can't do that yeah. abolethic sovereignty <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abolethic sovereignty. Nice. See, Jim, All together Jim. now. Abolethic <laughs> sovereignty. I actually have those books. Ooh, <laughs> now, very now, cool. now, now, mind you, I've never read them because I don't read. <laughs> I, I buy books for my wife to read <laughs> because I want her to tell me about them. Yes. <laughs> what did she say about those? Um, she hasn't had an opportunity. I, I have a huge library of books that she, <laughs> sure. she has going yet to go through. 
Uh, Eric has what we call book reading narcolepsy. Yes. <laughs> he cannot make it through anything, no matter unless how good a, it is. Unless it's a technical manual, which is really odd. Mm, yes. I can, I can oh, read yeah. and do like programming books and stuff like that, but anything that actually would be good and I would probably really enjoy, I fall asleep <laughs> almost immediately. He can breeze through gaming rule books like yes. there's no tomorrow yes. somehow, but you give him prose and he's gone. Yep. He's wired differently, Bruce. <laughs> I got problems, man. I got problems. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, cool. Um, I know one of the questions I heard asked at the booth was, was, was there going to be any opportunities for you to uh, continue on some of the works that, that are, I, I guess, either um, you've, you've worked on before, whether to do a sequel or, or continue a thread? Is that in the works in the, in at all? Well, if I were to do that, it would be in the Sword of the Gods uh, – well, it's now a duology because uh, there was a third book that I was going to write for that um, – and I, I would, you know, I would certainly consider doing that, but wizards would, would have to approach me and give me, a, a, you know, would have to approach me and ask me to do it because I have actually become very busy now. And, and we both agreed when I started working on f- uh, fifth edition on D and D next that um, that I, we, I would put that third book uh, on hold. And I approached them with that, and they said, "Okay, good idea." And I've never approached them back saying okay i'd like to do that again and they haven't approached me either so you you never know i guess i I, there is certainly a third book i had planned for that but but the each book the sword of the gods and then spinner of lies that follows it is uh they each end nicely on their own but you know there's obviously greater arcs that you know are revealed in both of them that uh could 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 play out in a third book at some point you never know cool and i mean to uh Put you on the spot about it, but I thought that uh, it was it was interesting uh, when well, you were talking with, with the fan about it, and I, I thought uh, it's it's worth sharing with others that you know it's, those are my best books. But the mm-hmm. last two, I think, sort of the gods and Spinner of Lies. So you know, I I you know I every book you write, you become a better writer, and uh, those are my last two. So I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind going back to that world, but then again, you know, maybe there's other books that I can write that I will own the IP for. So I will have more uh, more freedom to uh, do as I wish, or you know, at least you know, get a publisher. Who knows, right? The future's wide open. Sure, absolutely. Um, Jim, you had a question as a author. Oh yeah, actually, it's just when you're uh, just uh, I I do I I write uh, fiction and uh, gaming like things that which uh, at some point may see the light of day. Uh, but cool. I was wondering, is it, do you feel like when you're when you're uh, moving from uh, gaming stuff to fiction, do you feel like you kind of have to shift gears a bit? Oh and yes, kind of use different brain pieces. I do. Uh, it's it's uh, it's completely different. Well, okay, it's it's different. It it is uh, you know game writing. I think is, is all exposition, and uh, you know that is like deadly poison when you start writing fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It's like no, don't show, and when they what they really mean, show don't tell, mm-hmm. don't don't summarize. Yeah. just show it by showing the action, you know, of of the character in that position, and start, you know, <laughs> you can yeah. you can write a bunch of stuff and then then cut out the ex, you know, cut out the beginning and just have the character oh, yeah. have it happening, right? So yes, do you find that? Yeah, absolutely, and it's, that's uh, it's part of the writer circle that I contribute to is uh, just for a critique circle. That's I think it's got to be uh, in the top five, if not the number one thing that uh, I see with uh, 
with writers when you're looking at it, it's like, okay, well, you can actually start here on page three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. It's like, I really would prefer it if I got this uh, passively through everything that's going on, then you just, you know, uh, vomiting forth onto the page, <laughs> this, uh, exactly. this uh, lengthy introduction that uh, isn't, is going to make the reader close the book. So, yes. yeah, yeah, it's, totally, it's totally something that uh, constantly, constantly uh, chipping away at. Yep. Well, that sounds like good advice. Very, very cool. Um, so, Bruce, you worked on the fantastic, and I'm going to heap high praise on it. We hinted, talked about it before, the uh, most recent version of uh, Gamma World, which I found thoroughly enjoyable. You worked on it with Richard Baker. Thank um, you. Uh, do you see a good parallel of going from work, having worked on that to uh, the world of Numenera? Do you feel like there's some synergies there? Sure. You know, it's uh, it's a post-apocalyptic world. You know, uh, Numenera is post, you know, many apocalypses, <laughs> yeah, right? right? And it's, <laughs> a world, it's a science fiction in uh, <laughs> a world that science fiction has um, has a big part of play into it. Although the current players, both in Gamma World and in Numenera, don't quite understand. You know, they know something crazy has happened, but, you know, they don't know for sure what. And they're kind of in the aftermath uh, of, of the situation trying to, you know, probably discovering crazy uh, relics of an er- earlier time, science fiction relics in both cases. Um, yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot to go with. And in fact, oddly enough, and I don't think Monty realized this, and I certainly didn't realize it, but um, if you play the Gamma World, we have a cards in there where you find, you know, technology, you know, called yeah. Alpha Alpha cards, <laughs> yep. Alpha and Omega, and um, you know, you, you know, you find this card here, and you have this thing, and you use it, and it, it either it gets used up, kind of like a cipher, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's very, there's actually quite a, a lot of very interesting um, connections. Although Gamma ruled, we kind of played up the humor. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the one card that literally had me laughing beyond control was one where the the power, uh, if you rolled, see uh, the the nice kick on that was if you didn't you know, if you roll a certain way. No, no. If you rolled a certain way, it was a positive thing. If you rolled another way, it was like slightly negative. Yep. You um, could get a card, and every card had an over channel, and you could it. try and gain a, an additional effort out of it. And you know, oh no, you roll poorly, and yeah. now everyone has duck feet or, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one I loved was uh, if it was just normal and it, you were good, uh, you could uh, talk to fish uh, within ten miles. Yeah. And the overcharge was you. Think you can talk to fish for over two months? Uh, that was the funniest thing I think I've ever read. I, I, I literally I remember cried. seeing that card when pulled out because uh, I, I think they did invisibility the same way, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it could. Oh, Probably. I can see. Do a whole. And no one can see Junior, you. You Amazon, think no one can see you? Yeah, and Bigley Junior. Amazon Women on the Moon thing. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, this, this is just an aside of an aside. Uh, my uh, managing editor on that project was uh, Tora Cottrell. And uh, she turned out to, like, a few years later to be my girlfriend. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> Which is uh, whose son, David, you played uh, That explains uh, a lot. I just, I just had uh, – I saw her uh, watching the the, uh, the thing and didn't connect. But uh, she uh, – I, I was – we'll we'll talk later. I, a funny story about that one. But um, Okay. But, yeah, no. Uh, the circle awesome. of RPGs. Yes, yes. <laughs> great circle of life. But um, – uh, well, let's see what else we have here. Uh, so, um, so you, you're now at. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you spent two years working on the D and D next team. Um, one question I had was, without breaking any kind of NDAs or anything that would get you in, um, 
trouble, and don't worry, I'm not asking a bad question, but um, what do you think was the aspect of D&D Next that you were most, most enthusiastic to, about and, and to work on? I would say that the feeling that we were going to simplify the game uh, and bring it back into the purview of the Dungeon Master's control was what I was most excited about because third, third kind of started us down the road, but then 3.5 really kind of, kind of pushed us over the side of like saying these, these rules are more important than a lot of uh, a story. And then obviously fourth edition was like the rules are all. And we don't, we don't hardly even need a Dungeon Master anymore because we have every aspect of the rules covered here in, in, the, uh, in the fourth edition. And every, every cranny and every, every course uh, has been discovered. And that, you know, that was great in a lot of ways, but uh, it was also sort of limiting, in, at least from my perspective. And um, that was kind of the direction three point, excuse me, fifth edition <laughs> uh, was, was going in. And uh, that's, that's what I'm most excited to see uh, come out when they actually do release the game. Very cool. Um, yeah, it, uh, well, we won't, we won't badmouth anything, but... Um, uh, I, have that, no, I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I hope that does uh, come from the game. I think it would do the game well. I think uh, with the the space of time since the fourth ed ended and and the new one, I think we've seen a real um, opportunity for other games to come in, and and the storytelling game has really uh, led the way. And I, I think New Era is a, a prime example of. Uh, taking a, a really classic style and uh, you know setting it, which is different. It was very different, but uh, taking that storytelling aspect and, and making it a, a, a game that you could enjoy more because it's more accessible. Um, Agreed. The the rules get in the way, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I, w- I was saying that that Newman Era game I led at uh, Gen Con was the most fun I'd had because even though I'd led Newman Era before. Uh, you know, I was fumbling through playtesting and, and even even the times I, I worked on that one that I did before, the ability to collaborate with other guys about it and even getting Monty's uh, input put me in such a, a much better place to lead a game than I had been ever uh, and, and really just clicked. Everything just clicked. So. Yeah, I think you really were well suited to uh, telling the stories and using the GM intrusion and giving out the XP. I mean, that yes. uh, you had a lot of really great ideas. That um, I, I actually stole one of your ideas in my my second game that I run the second night. Um, the the one where you said the GM intrusion is you're in the market and someone comes up to you and says you've stolen something yes. from me, thief, thief. Yes, so, that, was, that was well done. And that was completely on the fly for all the the good stuff that Tom and Chris gave me by our car ride up to, to Indianapolis and our collaboration on some ideas. Chris gave us tons and tons of stuff. Um, that was one was completely on the fly and I, I'm pretty proud of it. It was, it, it was, it played well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was memorable, but, um, so you're now at Monty cook games. Um, obviously this is a an awesome point of your career to be, you know, working again with Monty. And, uh, I would, I would guess being a, in a more, collaborative position than you've been in the past. Um, not that you, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like you, you know, we're in a, a, a prison and, you know, cranking <laughs> out stuff, but, but I, I would, I would assume being friends and, and, you know, being part in, in such a great new system that there's really an open area for you to define your own space in. Uh, yeah, that, that probably will prove to be true. Um, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, you're totally right about that. Um, but right now, um, I'm 
I'm working mainly on uh, helping those guys with the bestiary. About about half the monsters I'm writing, and um, and Monty and Sean are writing about the other half the monsters. Very cool. So, but but that said, within the bestiary itself, um, you know, I yeah, I have a I have a, I have a lot of freedom for the monsters I'm writing. Not to say we're not going to collaborate and make sure that we don't hit all the uh, you know the needs and roles and required level spread, but um, it's uh, it's working out pretty well. But yeah, in, in the larger sense. Well, we'll just, I'll just say stay tuned on that. On cool, that cool. Well, can you tease us with a, a possible bestiary inclusion? Um, I could. Um, well, I guess for now, though, I can't th- bring anything to mind here, but um, I, I, I had two blog posts, one, one a week. Last week I talked about the Nalurus. The week before that I talked about the Spurn, which uh, uh, were these creatures that were over deep time a billion, billion years evolved from... Uh, all the landfills of the eight previous civilizations, and they were just kind of self-organizing trash, <laughs> but you know, trash of uh, of uh, post-human civilizations. Very nice. That sounds interesting. Cool. Yeah, good, good stuff. I can't wait to see the art on that too. Oh, I know. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm extremely excited about the B series. <laughs> yeah, we're starting to get some art in um, from uh, the artists, and uh, it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. And uh, giving giving feedback on artists' uh, work for because the, the artists are really great because they provide sketches and you can mm-hmm. say yes, keep going that direction or oh yeah, yeah that's a good way, but uh, please consider this. So very cool. Um, so the one last thing before we kind of wrapped it up, I wanted to ask was um, one I think potential with with the game system or with Monty Cook Games is the idea to have. A different setting using this the cipher system. Do you foresee that happening? Is that something you would be interested in doing? I suppose that's possible. Okay, I won't, I won't ask more. I, I get the feeling to, to back off on that. So um, <laughs> that's something I would I would be very enthusiastic. Put your hands up and back away. Yes, yes, yes. Back away, back away, back away. Um, there be dragons. <laughs> well, uh, Bruce, obviously, like a good idea. Getting getting to know oh. you and. Um, uh, See how all this goes together. It's it's always part of my plan to help people who are into Numenera know the people behind it so that they could look at, you know, hey, I really like this. I want to look at some of the older stuff or really kind of craft and understand where how you are, how, how you've gotten to today, whether it's someone interested in joining, you know, uh, getting into this uh, industry or whatever. But I really appreciate you taking your time and, and talking about um, yourself. And I know that can be uh, – uh, uncomfortable some, but uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, well, I it is it is a bit uncomfortable, but I I figured if you if you if you were asking the questions, then you must wanted to know. So <laughs> just gotta go go forward. So thank you, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, actually bring me on and and let me talk about uh, you know my uh, joining the team and and uh, overall, um, yeah, Numenera is a fantastic game system. I mean, obviously you believe that, but I I believe it just as much. I think. Um, you know that it's it's you know it's kind of the kind of thing that a lot of people have been looking for and a lot of people are looking for and may not realize it yet. Yeah, I, I for all the fantastic games, I mean, I bought a lot of stuff at Gen Con. In fact, I'm in a little bit of trouble about that. But um, I really am going to have it hard pressed to to play another game other than Numenera. I, I don't want to besmirch any of the other games. Uh, I, there's there's plenty that look really cool, but the 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 fit for me in Numenera is so good. Um, it's going to be a struggle for me to play something else at this point. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, so to wrap it up, we do do the kicking kicking it forward section. Obviously, since Numenera was so successful due to a kick uh, Kickstarter, uh, we like to identify certain ones um, that have been uh, in in the in the RPG realm that are out and active now. Um, and Eric, our guru of Kickstarter, who actually exposed us both to Numenera. Oh, nice um, job, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it's all his fault. So um, what have you got for us today, Eric? Well, uh, I, I have four things on my personal list, and I know you know you guys have yours as well. Um, one of the ones that I have a huge interest in, um, especially since I am separated from some of my core gamers that I grew up with and, and the, uh, the DM that used to DM me, uh, there's one called Tabletop Connect 3D Virtual Tabletop for Windows and Mac. And I, I really cannot speak highly enough about what is being put out for this and, and the videos that the uh, developer has created and what he's showing and the ease of use. Uh, it, it just blows my mind. Uh, I, I highly recommend anyone who is wanting to... Uh, and it's you don't even have to use it necessarily to have everybody connect. You could probably even use it just at a table game with everyone sitting around. Um, beautiful uh, 3D graphics using the Unity engine. And um, just, I, like I said, it just blows my mind. The concept is you, you can get an image of a character sheet, import it in, and you fill out the, you create a form out of that character sheet. And that's it. You know, it's just like actually sitting at a table. And I, I, I am enamored with it. If you haven't realized that by now, no, no. <laughs> um, on, really, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if I haven't spoken highly enough about it, it's it's one of them that I, I just I've been waiting for a simple and good uh, virtual tabletop, and it is just everything that I want and more so far. Very um, cool. Another one is Jade Punk. Um, it's basically a setting for Fate Core uh, using uh, it's. <laughs> Wuxa and a steam and steampunk kind of like merging together, mm. and uh, it's got some really interesting stuff. It's one to definitely look into and cool. check out. Um, then there's Grim World, which is a uh, it's a alternate setting using the Dungeon World rules, and they're also going to be writing them up for Fate Core. And uh, very cool. The art and stuff is really fantastic for it, and. Uh, they they're gonna add like killing moves, which which are fantastic and seem like they would be highly entertaining. Once you die, then something really crazy happens, um, and it could potentially <laughs> do something to your own players. Could annihilate everything that's opposing you. <laughs> it's wow. something that you basically get to kind of write up probably with the uh, GM and uh, and kind of go with it. And then another one that looks really interesting. Um, is one called Mazaki no Fantaji. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's very like uh, it's very cinematic. It reminds me, um, it reminds me a little bit of kind of Fate, but but not Fate. And uh, it's 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 one that you just got to look at to really kind of like uh, to, 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 I can't explain it. It's it's just different. It's very it's story it's <laughs> try, story try. driven. It's very story driven. Um, and it, and it looks really good. I, I, I'm, I would be, uh, I would be very pleased to see it out there in print and, and get an opportunity to play it. Very cool. The only one I had was uh, an Indiegogo one, um, that the, the, the guy actually, uh, joined ninth world hub and was kind of trying to share, um, 
share it with our, our members, but it's called Annals of Age uh, Tomb of Race, uh, apparently a, a grouping of different races to be used uh, potentially in different um, different games, different game systems. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and unfortunately, it looks uh, they've only got uh, seven days left, and they're they're pretty far of funding. So, if it sounds something interesting to you, um, please please go and uh, give them some support. Well, I've got uh, just a, a few. I'll try to get through real quick. Um, there is uh, it, it, uh, one that's actually about to end, so it may be over by the time you hear this. Possibly, uh, but it's got a couple of days left as of this recording. Uh, Table Tales. Uh, and it's being done by Chris Hussey, who uh, did a lot of uh, freelance work, some of which was for Battletech and other games, and uh, who some folks may know from the podcast Fear the Boot. Um, and it's essentially going to be a, a web series, uh, I believe, or a, a short series uh, about exploits, uh, you know, gaming stories, basically, uh, that uh, folks have some of the very, very cool gaming stories that folks have will be acted out um, in this series. Uh, just for people around a table, and so that sounds like that could be fun. Um, the uh, uh, a game that's been around for a while, Tales from the Floating Bag of. Let me see if I can say this again. Tales <laughs> from the Floating Vagabond, <laughs> second edition, um, which is basically getting its second edition here. That's what they're doing the Kickstarter for that, and uh, that also is just a few days from completion. And uh, so that's basically a, a drunken romp through multiple dimensions. So that uh, always always sounds amusing to, to me. And uh, there is, uh, for the game Part-Time Gods, um, uh, there is an expansion coming out, Divine Instruments and Beyond. And uh, Part-Time Gods is a cool game uh, about basically being a, uh, you know, it's, it's modern day, but you have to hold down a day job and be a god, um, <laughs> essentially. And it's done by uh, Eloy Lasanta, who's, uh, who's a friend of mine, actually. Uh, he's, uh, I actually have had him on, uh, or we're going to have him on Crucible of Realms, uh, my, uh, my world-building podcast, and he builds a world with us, and that's going to be on at some point uh, within the next few months. Hopefully I'll get that up. Um, but uh, Eloy's an awesome guy, and uh, he deserves all the success in the world, so I'd uh, recommend checking that out as well. Very cool. Bruce, do you have any? You know, I was just looking through my various Kickstarters, and uh, I all the ones I've backed recently have no longer. <laughs> they've actually run through their course, so they're not sure. open. So, sure. right. I was going to tell you about Crooked, uh, but uh, it's already funded. So, a couple Good. days ago. Good deal. All right. Well, cool. Um, well, we appreciate you on again. Um, Definitely want to uh, have you back on in the future when uh, when the things settle down, and maybe have some more. Uh, uh, news to share with us about new projects. Um, we're excited to hear what, what uh, your contributions will be and look forward to seeing the best area, which I think target date is January for that. You're probably, uh, you're probably right about that. I'm okay. not sure. Okay. And of course we've got devil spine coming out in October. Um, so that's the next big Numenera release coming, uh, as well as we had our first glimmer released, uh, this past week, uh, the vortex, the actual adventure we ran at Gen Con, both parts, my, uh, the first part that, Bruce and I both ran, and uh, the the second part that Bonnie ran, which is pretty crazy. So um, I described it to somebody. I said, uh, the first one's pretty safe for most role players. It kind of gets them into, kind of slightly exposes them to the weird of Numenera. And then part two cranks it up to 11. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. So check that out. Uh, very inexpensive on uh, drivethroughrpg.com. Uh, for our next episode, um, we're working up 
uh, some ideas for new segments. Uh, we want to provide uh, our listenership uh, with some new content. We've, we've spent a lot of time building up to this release of Numenera, talking about things mostly from the outside looking in. Um, now we're hoping to add more value to our listeners to add stuff to their game, highlight different areas, all sorts of fun stuff. So we're working on that. We hope to surprise and, and, and please you guys with that. So tune in again uh, next time we're up. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Anybody else want to say goodbye? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess. Why not? <laughs> not the not the great ending there, but it is. Very nice. <laughs> well, um, definitely I'm, want to thank Bruce for being on it. It's been yes. absolutely has been a pleasure and. And, you know, hopefully when he's on again, we'll hear some more fantastic uh, monsters that we can scare some of our players with. <laughs> sure. We should have like an all bestiary episode when January. I was thinking, on. you know, Bruce should get on and act out some of the monsters. Oh, I like ah. that. <laughs> dramatic, dramatic representation. Uh, yes. How do we act out uh, uh, some monsters? Yeah, uh, maybe get us, give us some creature noises that we can uh, put sound bites out there for the players. See? <laughs> Sounds like you need to start getting those dinosaurs ready now, man. Yes. <laughs> er- Eric is the idea the man. <laughs> Right. Well, thanks for having me on, you guys. Uh, I've had a blast. Uh, it's fun to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, I, I hopefully look forward to seeing you either in person at some far later date, but uh, audibly uh, much sooner. Absolutely, Bruce. And as I said, it was a supreme pleasure to meet you at Gen Con and, and to make your acquaintance and uh, hope to uh, keep keep chatting. And everybody, uh, also, uh, Bruce has been a frequent uh, uh, peeker on on uh, Ninth World Hub, so try and catch him and say hi and thank him for his wonderful work and I'm thrilled to see what you contribute. So uh, until next time, folks. Uh, oh, Jim didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim. Um, goodbye, Jim. All right. And thank you for joining the transmissions from the Ninth World Hub. Have a great uh, uh, time playing Numenera, hopefully. Take care, everybody. The Transmissions from the Ninth World podcast is not affiliated with Monty Cook Games. It has been produced under the Creative Commons license and is for entertainment and information purposes only. Music provided by Kevin McLeod. Transmissions from the Ninth World is a proud affiliate of the D20 Radio Group.